Welcome to episode 59 of the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. If you want to go fast, you go alone. If you want to go far, you go with a team. Hi, this is Keith Tusi, and welcome to Leadership in Context. I'm excited to be with you today. I hope you'll share this podcast with someone else, and thank you for joining me. Uh, together. We're going to do a four-series podcast starting today, and the title of it is Mistakes to Avoid in Building a Team. Now, if you've ever built a team, you could probably do this podcast because undoubtedly there are mistakes that have been made when you're dealing with the human element, and we could all probably encourage one another. So that's what I'm going to attempt to help you today, and I'm just going to give some very uh, fundamental encouragements, uh, I think that it will inspire us to keep building a team. You know, there's an old saying, I don't know who I first heard say it, but it says, if you want to go fast, if you want to go fast, you go alone. If you want to go far, you go with the team. And, uh, sometimes I think all the times building a team is front end loaded. In other words, you've got to put more investment in that team than what it's able to do in initially. So there's an upfront investment, just like a farmer makes an investment, a businessman makes an investment, father makes an investment, you know, disciple makes an investment. Uh, We really have to look at building a team in the same way. Why is it so important to build a team? I think the very first thing that building a team around you does before it does anything is it picks up your care and your concern. It picks up your focus. We could call it vision, okay? But vision without care and concern is just a strategy that falls to the ground. You know, we use things like, well, do they have our heart or not? Well, how do they get that heart? They don't get that heart from a Sunday sermon. They may get inspired. That may be the tool that God uses to open the heart. But I think often... Uh, good preaching goes awry because we don't follow up. It's like plowing the ground. You know, Finney talked about good preaching as plowing the ground, but then the seed comes in. And I think that seed, of course, is the word of God, but I think that seed is us sitting down and going over that word. What is God doing in their life? Meeting with them uh, one-on-one. So I believe multiplying ourselves is critical if we want to go far. I was reading Paul's instruction to Titus. You know, if you read the book of Titus, it's a great leadership manual. Uh, The first three chapters literally are just, you know, the whole book is just about leadership, uh, what to do, how to do it. And, uh, you know, Paul admonishing Titus not to let some of these things fall to the ground. But something caught my eye as I was reading it recently. And in Chapter 3, verse 3, after he is giving a continual reminder of the things that leaders have to be, he says this. He says, For we also once were foolish ourselves, disobedient, deceived, enslaved to various lusts, pleasures, spending our life in malice and envy, hateful, hating one another. Surely not a leadership qualification. What is the Apostle Paul saying? He's saying, remember how you started out. Remember what happened to you until the grace of God really gripped your life. So I think mistake number one in building a team is putting it on hold, 
primarily waiting for better people. Okay. Uh, my philosophy, my theology, my strategy is that you use what you have. Now, granted, your initial leadership teams and subsequent leadership teams, they may not be world changers. They may not be preachers and, and prophesiers. They may not be great strategists or administrators, but they are people that can be the conduit for your DNA to leak into the soil of the ground that you are trying to saturate. And most people that are a part of a church, especially if you're planting a church or, or relaunching or something of that nature, you're just getting started. Whether those people understand or not, there is something of a pioneer spirit in them, no matter how broken or discombobulated their lives may be. So I think the very first mistake people make is not getting started, putting building a team on hold, waiting for more opportune time, waiting till you have more time, which you won't, whether you're a business owner or it's a community issue or it's a, a, a team of some sort or in the church life, certainly putting it on hold is not going to work. Uh, you've got to use what you have. In our last series, I talked about 2 Corinthians 8 where it talks about it's according to what a man has, not according to what he does not have. And the truth is, if you look at men that have been, and women that have been successful in raising up disciples, they will tell you that there was a turnover in people. Now that may not encourage you, but you don't have to lose everybody who doesn't make the grade. In other words, there are people that may be on initial leadership teams. And by the way, I wouldn't even call the initial meeting leadership teams. I would just call it, you know, a team that you're bringing together. And I'll give you a little process for that in a minute. You know, those people may not be like first round draft picks as far as ministry is concerned. But they may be people that are great supporters and allies because they have your care and your concern. You're giving them information, you're sharing yourself, and you're developing them. So how would you go about this? Number one, I would probably pick the, the best candidates I had, and I would sit down one-on-one -on -one with them. I wouldn't ask them about joining a team. I wouldn't ask them to do anything. I would minister to them. Hi, what's going on in your life? How can I help you? How can I pray for you? Uh, can I get you started in a Bible study? And see how they respond to your leadership just one-on-one -on -one and, and maybe meet with them a few times, you know, have coffee with them or whatever, and just try to connect with them. And I would do that with two or three or four or five people simultaneously, trying to figure out, okay, Lord, what do I have? What is my playing field? What is my, you know, this is kind of like in baseball, like the minor leagues, like who do I have here that I can pull up, you know, to the big leagues? And then probably what I would do and what I've done in the past, it seems to be somewhat effective, is I'd start getting a couple of them together at a time. I'd, you know, take one guy I was meeting with on one day and take another guy. And I'd say, well, let's the three of us meet together. And you see how they interact and see what their comfort zone is. And then maybe add another person to it. In other words, getting started isn't very fast, but it's very methodical. I don't say, okay, I want you five guys to come and I want to talk to you about joining a leadership team. Well, I think that's really the wrong way to go personally. I think developing a relationship with them one-on-one -on -one 
and then putting them together to see if they can relate together. And then when you draw the whole team together, let's say it's going to be three guys or five guys. You're going to draw them all. You're going to bring them over to your house in the evening. You're going to draw them all together. You're not going to invite them to a leadership meeting. You're just going to invite them to hang out with you. And as they're hanging out with you that night and you're sharing some things with them, uh, you're just going to say, hey, what if what if we met every week or what if we met every other week? Once a month will never work, by the way. You cannot build a team. You can monitor a built team. You can give duties to people, but you can't build a team camaraderie meeting 12 times a year. It just is not going to work. Uh, I always like to meet at least once a week, okay? And in the early days, I'd meet with every person on that team individually every week, and then I'd meet with the whole team once a week. If you want to do it right, if you want to dig deep, if you want to break up the fallow ground, there's a lot of work involved to bring those people on page with you and to find out what their gifts are, how they can be best utilized. And as you start meeting, then you start processing things. You start sharing things. Hey, I'm praying about doing this. I'm praying about doing this. What do you guys think? Okay, so they become you know, involved in that. You just gradually bring them along. And there's some guys you'll see that, hey, they're good at this. They'll speak up. They, they have in, in, input. They have influence. And they're able to add something to us. But every local pastor, every business leader needs somebody that they can process information with. Notice I didn't talk about giving them a title. I didn't talk about giving them any, any authority. Of course, the next step would be giving them delegated authority. Okay, I want you to take charge of this one area. Okay, and a lot of times what we've done is we've made leaders in churches who haven't led anything. They're just kind of good people, and they may have leadership qualities, but they really have not been in the trenches leading a certain department or a certain ministry or something of that sort, which I think is is very important. Now, if you're a small group-based church, this is where you get your small group leaders. You develop them like this, and you see how they lead that group. That is the best evidence in the world. Some will lead a group, and it will be a good group. It will be a solid group, but it may never grow. Uh, others will not be able to hold the group together. Others may just want to teach the group. Others may want to care for the group. Others may want to do evangelism with the group. So this is going to tell you a lot about these guys, these gals that you're working with to develop these leaders. The common mistake that is made in not building a team is putting it on hold and waiting for quote-unquote better people to come along. Start with what you have. Be methodical. Be intentional. Draw out a strategy and begin to bring them together, create a pot for that flower to bloom. It's got to be organic, but even things that are organic, they have a biological structure to them. So make sure you supply that, okay? Hey, this is Keith Tusi. I love talking about these type of things because they're so important to our lives and to the kingdom. Share this with somebody, if you would, and be a blessing to them. Thanks for being with us with Leadership in Context. Today, Keith began a discussion on team building. A common mistake when building a team is waiting until you have better people. Use what you have. Develop people who can be a conduit for your DNA, your vision, your heart. Getting started isn't fast, it's very methodical. And there is a lot of work involved to bringing people on the same page with you. But what you are able to cultivate in the process makes it worth it. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. 
Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at inourpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at inourpastors. See you next week.